With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Zach Crawley Day at Old Trafford. One of the great Ashes hundreds from Zach Crawley led the way for an extraordinary day for England with the weather fast becoming their main obstacle to a series levelling victory. I'm Yaz Rana and with me this evening is Ben Gardner. Zuzu asks, Zach Crawley, why on earth do England persist with him? Sam asks, should Ben Folks come in for Zach Crawley at the Oval? Yeah, plenty of humble pie on offer in the press box today. Uh, ben, that was genuinely remarkable. 189 at better than a runner ball from Crawley. England, mainly Crawley and Root at the other end, going at sevens in the afternoon session. It was unbelievable. It was so fun. Yeah, I mean, so much of what England do is based on, like, best case scenarios and what's the best possible thing that could happen. And this was absolutely Zach Crawley's and England's just best case scenarios. The the best he's played in an England shirt. Uh, it's the most important innings he's played in an England shirt. And it, it, it was just extraordinary. I mean... I think that in a way, the best thing about it was like, because like, there'll be, I think there will still be like the odd person who really doesn't like Zach Crawley. He's like, oh, well, the pitch, the ball wasn't doing much and all. He still edged a few balls. But like the best thing about Zach Crawley and Zach Crawley's day is that like when he inside edge balls, he just doesn't care. Like there was one, like he inside edge one, it flicks Carey's gloves. That's how close it was to him being out and goes to the boundary. The next over, the first over of spin that England faced all game, he reverse sweeps head for four and then slog sweeps him for six. It's like, He's just he's just going to do what he does. And he did that absolutely incredibly. And then, I mean, the most emphatic moment, I guess, was the... Uh, and he, one thing wins, he doesn't hit many sixes. Yeah. But today, he hit three of them, which is quadrupling the number of sixes he's hit in his test career. Uh, and he brought up England's lead with a six of one of the quicks. And he sort of steps down, just does that, that just like nonchalant sort of like whip flick over the leg side into the stands. And it was just like... England absolutely on top, Australia nowhere, basically. Mm. At I was walking around the press box and most people were just beaming. Mm. Um, one of the most fun sessions I can remember, really. It, was, it, it felt a lot like the 2019 World Cup semi-final between the two teams, where it just looked from fairly early on that Australia didn't really want to be on the field, let alone um, really compete in this context. And I guess I'm trying to work out what Crawley did so well, because I thought he was reasonably sensible against the new ball after Ben Duckett fell. Like, it's easy to forget that England were nine for one today with Moe and Ali walking out to bat three, something he's only done a handful of times in test cricket. And throughout the day, I just thought Crawley is so hard to bowl to. Like he's lethal against anything straight and he's totally unfazed by genuinely fast bowling. I mean, his strength against fast bowling is is what 
is for most players their weaknesses. Um, and the more he looks to play through the leg side, I think the harder he is to bowl to because that channel outside off stump that has been his downfall so often in the past is a line he's looking to attack more and more through the leg side. Um, do, you, do you think he was helped by how quickly Australia dropped their fields back to him? I thought he, he ran really well between the wickets today. Decent balls were regularly being clipped for two and kind of without really realising were taking eight to ten off one in every two overs. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess he was helped by that. But equally, if they hadn't done that, then he might have just been, you know, hitting it through the, the field for four. I, but I do think, yeah, his tempo was brilliant because, you, I mean, you look at it and you see that, you know, he's got 180 it better than a runner ball. That's, uh, you know, he, he must just come out and smash it. Actually, you know, to get to 50, he took like, I think, more than 70 balls to get to 50 and absolutely raises to his 100 and then does rein it back in after that. And he scores it like about a runner ball, you know. <laughs> That's not raining it in for most players, but for Crawley it was. And that, that was also the thing is that like he would have actually been content to just score a bit slower for a bit of time and mm. then and then do that but yeah I mean if we're talking about Australia this was a, a bad bad day I mean what and, do you make of Cummins' captaincy yeah well I mean they'll be ruining quite a lot of things from team selection to uh to you know just drop catches or catches they didn't even see to uh, to some bowling decisions as well, and also they, but, I thought they looked quite tired. Like yeah. I thought, w- when you're bowling against someone like Crawley, I think if you're really rigid with your lines, you kind of force him to to do something out of the ordinary. And Crawley just played his natural game, and there were very very few periods where I thought Australia really stuck to a specific plan for long enough to put Crawley off what he was trying to do. Mm. Um, like early on, they bowled very very straight to him. Um, and there were there were all there were always loads of scoring options. Yeah, and and Stark and Cummins in particular looked tired. And I guess because the, I guess weird thing with England is they don't bat for very long. So you're like, are they going to tie down bowlers too much? Basically because they put so much pressure on the weak links of attacks. Mm. Stark and Cummins I think bowled about more than sixty percent of the overs between them at heading out. No, it was a while again ago now, but they also had to bowl a lot today. Cummins that that day is I mean gets out first ball of the day, and then. Moeen, he there's a catch that goes past him, doesn't even see, then drops him, and then is going up, you know, more than a runner ball, and just doesn't have any sort of answer to England. And we did, we we have discussed this before that this is, if you can get out Australia, it's in this sort of way that when when they're put under pressure, that's that was what was so impressive about their first two wins was they were under pressure in those games and they came through it in a way they haven't really done in Test group before, but that is clearly still kind of an underlying thing and that's why England's approach like has a chance of succeeding against them I think. Mm. I bumped into Butch after tea and you won't be surprised about his view on uh, Australia not having a spinner. I mean Travis Head bowled the 23rd over. That's so damning especially as Marsh. Marsh who's a fifth seamer he didn't bowl until Crawley was on 112 after he got Crawley out in both innings at Leeds and I think that we can't praise Stokes for getting the best out of his players without criticising Cummins for not doing so himself. So I was watching today and thinking, what the hell does Murphy feel looking at that? Barely bowled at Leeds. The only sustained spell he bowled was when Stokes was on a mad one. And now you've got a part-timer bowling 22 overs in here and, and bowling quite a lot, actually, in, in the second session in particular. And I thought Australia's negativity stank like slowing things down at the end of the second session as a bowling side so that that last over of the second session Travis Head bowled it and it took five minutes to bowl that over um they were very very slow with with field changes they clearly wanted the session to end 
But as the bowling side, you always have more to gain and less to lose than the batting side by having that one more over. The worst that's going to happen is it goes to 10 or 15 runs. It doesn't change the game, really. But you can take a wicket, and that and that gives you momentum. The batting side, especially the way England were going, couldn't, couldn't have got any more momentum at that stage. And I thought it just sends out such a negative message. It, it, it says that we don't, we don't want to be out there. Like you're literally saying we don't want to be playing. And, and Nasser Hussain, who's far more qualified than, than both of us on Capti, was pretty damning on Sky saying it, it wasn't it wasn't that clear who, who was in charge at times. Yeah. And I guess as much as I mean, we'll see what happens with the weather and it still may yet win out and then Australia retain the ashes. But England have played the weather really well and they're almost at their best when they've got something other than the opposition yeah. to, to play against, when they've got like a, a real challenge, like at Raul Pindi, where they're like, well, this is the only way we've got to win. It, it kind of focuses the minds. For Australia, I think it's scrambled there minds going straight back to that team selection where you pick a team that bats down to to carry at eight stark at nine without a spinner uh so that's going to hit you over it hard but that's not again not the worst thing if you're uh if you're looking for a draw but then equally it means that when you get into a game it's like oh wait hang on do we try and do we, we we've got a partnership here do we put our foot down oh indecision i'm out or like oh we, we're, we're getting smashed all around here. Now there's loads of time in the game. I'll know what we're going to do because now we're not, we're, we're so far behind the game that we have absolutely no hope of winning it. And there's quite a lot of time for England to win it. Mm. So yeah, that, that I think that's the root of it in, in this game. Although you can pick other bits in Cummins captaincy in the past and say, is he, is he, is he a great tactical captain? He's, a bit more of a big head. Smith is doing a bit more of that, but today there was just no tactical answer. Mm. Um, a word on Moeen, Ben. Mm. 54 from number three. A really crucial innings. He delayed Joe Root's entry point by 25 overs or so and scored 54 runs in the process. If the wheels were totally off Australia at T, the, the screws were loosened by the time Moeen departed. Yeah, and I, I think what was really gratifying, like when, when you heard Moeen um, talking before this game, it was as if, you know, he, he didn't hope for the things that a, a top three batter or a normal batter hopes for. He was saying, like, if I can just get through 10 overs, he was like, he was asked, wouldn't it be nice to make an Ash 100? He was like, yeah, but let's be realistic. And there was a genuine <laughs> moment saying he thought maybe maybe he could. But but what he did today was he did just play like a proper batter, like, because there was always that glimpse of of him uh, at Headingley in the first innings when he did bat nicely for an hour or so. But it's almost like at that point, he's kind of got a start and it's like, oh, what do I do here now? You know, I've I've... I've got to start. Do, do I now try and dominate? Do I have to hit out? And he didn't really do that. I mean, he was a bit uneasy against the spin of Travis Head, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And he uh, he did give a, give those couple of chances just before he got out. But equally, England will be absolutely delighted with that. That's far better than they would have hoped for. But now going into the next three innings, they will hope that there can be a repeat, I think. Yeah, I mean, England have had two major injuries this series. They're, they're spinner and then number three. Moeen is doing both jobs yeah. and doing them both quite well. He doesn't get anywhere near enough credit for how he's balancing the side and doing two vastly different jobs um, pretty well. And and he's done so many jobs for England over the years in different formats that you forget that he first got selected off the back of runs at three for Worcester. Um, there was that stat doing the rounds before this test match that of anyone in the England side, he's got the most county championship runs at the highest average of anyone who's batted three, um, who's currently in the squad, obviously Pope's, Pope's out injured. So... His impact this series has been amazing. Like if you looked at his recent record in, in all cricket, so he, he's won the IPL recently. He's won the T20 World Cup. He won the Bangladesh Premier League this winter. <laughs> uh, he's played the Abu Dhabi T10, the ILT20. Um, he plays the Blast, the 100. Uh, he's played four test matches since the 2019 Ashes. Those are the only four first-class matches he's played anywhere in the world. Yet he's having... He's not having an amazing series on paper necessarily, but he's he's just contributing in key moments, and I think you saw that 
um, again today. Um, ben, there's obviously lots of declaration chat. Did we see a clue of how England are going to play it tomorrow by how they played the final hour or so? Brooke in particular was quite watchful. You, you, can, you sense that the plan is to bat once, bat big. They've gone full, full Chris Silverwood England. Yeah, I guess Brooke as well. I, th- I think he was just having, it's just, his just timing wasn't quite there as well. I don't think, it, obviously he wasn't trying to, you know, smash it into the stands. That was a little bit of a clue. And I think that they might well have looked to Claire today had they lost more wickets. Like had they been sort of eight down, you could have seen a declaration similar, but perhaps more justifiable than the one at uh, Edgebaston. But yeah, I mean, they can put a lot of time into the game by batting really quickly or by batting as quickly as they did today at least. That's one thing. Then also you had the ball that bowled Joe Root, which kept mm. that low. Like, and the one to get Crawley kept fairly low, if not as dramatically. Yeah, so England don't want to be chasing anything of any substance in the in the fourth innings too, whereas they might back themselves to, you know, to, to, to not not quite rattle through Australia, but to get 10 moments like that. So I think if, if today had gone differently, we might have seen a different approach in that last hour. But with it going so well, that just leaves every option open. And I think, I think that is the right one. And I guess also, in a way, a good thing for them is that the rain, if it comes tomorrow, will come early. So one, that means the day will be extended rather than uh, if it came later and just ends up washing out the rest of the day. But also it means they'll have a much clearer idea of what they're, what they what they need to do and how much time they have left if it does or doesn't come. So if it rains, uh, for what we lose that first session, we might see them declare there and then possibly, or we might see them, you know, come out and have a, a mad hour. Uh, and then equally, if it comes in and it's cloudy, but, you know, there's there's not rain around then they can have another session and then maybe get Australia in after lunch I suppose yeah and also if England are worried about how much time there's left in the game with the, the weather forecast on Saturday looks particularly bad that looks like that'll be a washout at this stage um the best way to inject time into the game is England batting in the first innings mm. um if they bat in the second innings with with the potential of a slightly iffy fourth innings target you're naturally going to bat slightly slower and the game won't progress as quickly as it will with England batting. So I, I think it makes sense for them to, to bat big and, and probably bat for the majority, if not the entirety, of the first session tomorrow, um, weather dependent. Anyway, that is all for today. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow where we will actually be joined by Mel Farrell. Podcast Network.